This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Lead me, guide me along the way, for if you lead me I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. I am weak and I need thy strength and power to help me over my weakest hour. Help me through the darkness my face to see. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Lead me, guide me. Okay. 
Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without a lamb of God, I come, I come just as I am poor. Blind sight, riches, healing of the mind. Yea, all I need in thee, I find. O Lamb of God, I come, I come just as I am. Will welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. This is the day the Lord is made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whoever wishes to become great must become a servant. Jesus came not to serve, but to be served. Come, let us worship together in a spirit of service. Let us serve God and one another in joy. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Hagerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Aline Flatten, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio. 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. There's a number of things that will be happening. Uh, Trinity will be having a bazaar here on Saturday, the 4th of November, and Little Falls will be having a meal on November 5th. And you are welcome to join us for those. Next Sunday, our service will be at Deronda Lutheran. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, 
worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, just to enhance a small worship space uh, so your worship service is maybe a little bit better. You may also want to have a Bible or Bibles for the kids or the, for the home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the Spirit of God, His love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We continue with the confession of sin and the proclamation of forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. God whose reign is just. We acknowledge that our actions and inactions have led to the oppression of our neighbors. We have willingly benefited from privileges that cause harm to others. We have failed to heed your call to lead them from a place of, of humility and to care for our communities in a way that makes it makes is possible for all to flourish. Forgive us our fear of scarcity and love of power and keep us ever mindful of the needs of others. The reign of God has come near to you in Christ Jesus we are reconciled to God, and therefore God forgives us all our sin. Let God guide us as we work for God's justice. Amen. We continue with the gathering songs. Let me help someone to 
darkest hour Let me shine, shine, shine Like the beacon's tower Lord, 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 there is no job too great As I grow in faith, there's no job too Thank you, Jim and Debbie, for your music. We continue with the litany. God rules over all creation, yet our humanness causes us to doubt this. We seek after our own power. We demand leaders who favor us over others. Our human rulers make war. They uphold systems of injustice. Their efforts lead only to division. Remind us, O God, that you alone reign over us. Commit us to your work of reconciliation and wholeness. And through us, bring unity to all creation. We continue with the prayer of the day. God who reigns, unite us in love for you and one another, that we might be strengthened for the challenges of life by the mutual love and support we receive by your power and grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We continue with the scripture readings. The first reading is from 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 17 and 25 through 29. 
Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the older men who had attended his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? They answered him, If you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he disregarded the advice that the older men gave him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him and now attended him. He said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? The young man who had grown up with him said to him, Thus you should say to this people who spoke to you, Your father made your yoke heavy, but you must lighten it for us. Thus you should say to them, my little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people who came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had said, come to me again the third day. The king answered the people harshly. He disregarded the advice that the older men had given him and spoke to them according to the advice of the young men. My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people because it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah, and Shilonite to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king would not listen to them, the king answered, the, the people answered the king, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, look now to your own house, O David. So Israel went away to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill city of Ephraim and resided there. He went out from there and built Penuel. Then Jeroboam said to himself, Now the kingdom may well revert to the house of David. If this people continue to go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord of, at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn again to their master, King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. He said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He set one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. The second reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. So Jesus called them and said to them, 
You know that among the Gentiles whom you recognize as the rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants, tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among them, you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, or as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. How many of you like to help your teachers at school? Sometimes being the special helper to someone important can help make us feel important too. When I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher that I liked a lot. And one of the things I loved to do was being, doing special jobs for her in the classroom. I was always asking if I, if I could help her hand out papers or take messages down to the office. I think I must have asked her an awful lot, but it made me feel special to be her helper. Then one day, something happened that I can still remember all those years later. Our class was doing some math problems, and I finished doing mine much faster than most of the other kids. So as I often did, I got up from my desk to go ask her if she had any other special job I could help her with. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I picked a bad time to ask because at that time she was crouched down next to the desk of another student helping him out. When I interrupted to ask if I could do a job for her, she told me she was in the middle of helping my friend and that I needed to go sit down. But then as I was walking back to my chair, she called my name and she told me that if I really wanted to help her, that I should go and help another one of my classmates who was having trouble with her work. And I learned something that day that changed the way I saw her. She was telling me that she didn't need a helper, she was a helper. That was her job, to make sure that we each had what we needed. After that, I understood that the best way to be her helper was do, to do the same thing she was, to look for ways that I could be helpful to others. I tell you this story because something very similar happened in today's gospel story. James and John came to Jesus and they tell him they want to be his special helpers. Jesus tells them that he doesn't need helpers for himself, that he was here to be a helper to others, and he tells them to do the same. That's a very important lesson. We are focusing on some of Jesus' parable in Jam, our Jesus and me, this year. This story reminded me of the current parable we've been learning about, the wise and foolish builders. Our memory verse is from James 1, chapter 2, be doers of the word, not hearers only. We should not only hear God's word, but we need to act on it. So I would like to see if you can find some chances to be a helper to others this week and be a doer of God's word. Could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear God, your son Jesus set a good example for all of us. Help us to find ways to help others this week. Amen. Praise Him, praise Him, all you little children. God is love, God is love. Praise Him, praise Him, all you little children. God is love, God is love. Love Him, 
children. God is love. God is love. Love Him, love Him, all you little children. God is love. God is love. Thank Him, thank Him, all you little children. God is love. God is love. Thank Him, thank Him, all you little children. God is love. God is love. Serve Him, serve Him, all you little children. God is love. God is love. Serve Him, serve Him, all you little children. God is Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Well, this is Reformation Sunday. It's a great day for us Lutherans anyway, and for most Protestants. And I think the thing that's exciting is that we're seeing uh, the Catholic Church and the Lutherans and others are much better at communicating and willing to discuss discuss many different matters. In fact, one of the things I did one year, I wanted to ask, have the confirmation kids write out their thesis that they would put on the church door as to how our church and congregation could, could grow and to be different than what it is. I've also wanted to do that. I wasn't gonna nail them. I'd probably have to use scotch tape or something, but. Uh, Glass and nails don't work too well. I don't think Martin Luther would have appreciated that. But we do have that responsibility to remember that the church needs reforming. Every generation there is probably some things that should change. I think of how we have put people in uh, nursing homes and uh, just real quick, where uh, Bruce Larson, in his book, The Relational Revolution, from well, a while back, uh, talks about Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who has researched death, spoke about wholeness and what is basic to wholeness in, in, a, talk, in a talk I heard in Maryland. She says it is the ability to give and receive. Most of us are either givers or receivers. 
Now the tragedy of old age is that people in nursing homes and hospitals are only allowed to receive. Receiving the best care and loving kindness is not enough for life. She, she suggests that nursing homes could be places where free daycare centers could be conducted for children of working mothers by the residents, who would then have the joy of feeling useful and needed once again. Nursing homes and retirement homes ought to be places of ministry, not just places for ministry. How can the schools help people, both young and old, begin to become both givers and receivers? And it's just not schools, but how do we as a church start that whole aspect where we allow people to give in ministry, no matter what their circumstance? Now, I know that some of the places it wouldn't work, but we've, we've got to think of some creative ways that we start helping senior citizens and, and young people and single mothers and the, the different forms of families. How do we reach out? How do we do ministry different? I think of even school and my experience, and he talks, Bruce talks about this fun one too, where you probably don't hear me sing too often, unless you happen to be out in a field somewhere near me, and I sing, but he recalls his frightening experience with music in the first grade. My teacher said, Bruce, you're a monotone. You don't do badly for a monotone, but you are a monotone, so please, keep still when the class is singing. It might even help if you sat over there, way over there. And you know that at heart, I really am a marvelous singer. My wife will not agree. But two weeks ago, we worshiped in a strange church. And I had one of the greatest moments of my life when a lady turned around after the service and said, oh, it's wonderful to sit in front of somebody who sings as well as you do, sir. <laughs> My wife is convinced that that lady is also a monotone. Well, I'm usually off key, but what I lack in key, pitch, or quality, I supplement with volume, and there are moments in the shower when I rise to great heights. But I have been scarred for life by a teacher who said, you're a monotone, and who put me in a corner so I wouldn't mess up the rest of the kids in the class. I have never outgrown that experience. I think for many of us, we can relate to a circumstance like that where those kinds of things have happened. Where something was said when we were in school or in church or some other place where somebody maybe was speaking the truth, but it was not done in love. It was not done to help us grow as a person. And it cuts to the core and it can limit us the rest of our life in response to that. Reform, celebrate it. Look for changes that we can do in the future. Well, one of the big changes is in our culture, we always wanna hold up the one finger that says we are number one, both as a country or as a sports team or some other thing in which we've accomplished. We like that phrase and we like to be the ones who are on top. But we need to remember, as people of faith, there's another way. 
In Galatians 5.13, it says, Through love, serve one another. You see, our world has become large and personal, busy, a large and personal, busy institution. We are alienated from each other. Although crowded, we are lonely, distant, pushed together, but uninvolved. No longer do most neighbors visit across the backyard fence. The well-manicured front lawn is a modern moat that keeps barbarians at bay. Hoarding and flaunting have replaced sharing and caring. It's like we are occupying a common space, but have no common interest. As if we're on an elevator with rules like no talking, smiling, or eye contact allowed without written consent of the management. I don't think that's the way we want to live. I think we understand that there's a better way, and that's what Jesus was talking about. Well, in the narrative, particularly the Old Testament, it talks about Solomon, who had done such a great job. It was kind of the golden age of Israel, but he had high taxes, and they weren't going back to the people. They were going to Solomon and his people, and so when he died, some of the people went and talked to Rehoboam to talk to him about, can you lower those taxes? Rehoboam is the epitome of what God feared would happen if Israel were to appoint a king. In this passage, he actively chooses to inflict suffering among his own people in the hopes of preserving his own authority, clearly dismissing any authority God might have in the process. Here is the irony of his decision. He never truly had power to begin with, nothing to persevere. The true power in this story lies with Rehoboam's subjects, who when they realize he is not listening to them or taking their needs into consideration, leave. Ten tribes to the north, two to the south. So instead of the kingdom impo king imposing his will on the people, we read a story this morning of a people imposing their will on their king. They want him to occupy his seat and to exercise his power as long as he is doing so for the sake of the greater good, for the thriving and success of all people. They want his power to be a shared power. In a passage from Mark 10, James and John boldly asked Jesus if they can sit at his right and left hands in glory. It is a startling request and very clearly one made out of a selfish interest in guaranteeing or persevering or preserving their authority and influence. Jesus tells them just as boldly that if they were truly driven to establish power, they would be pursuing roles of service. He says that if they want to be above everyone else, they actually need to understand themselves as below everyone else. From the beginning of our faith story, Power has been shared between God and people and between people and each other. This sharing is what ensures everybody the chance to prosper. This sharing is what clears the path for justice and equity in everyday life. Frankly, this sharing is what makes powers mean anything substantive in the first place. And this power is something that we can understand in the person and life of Jesus. 
Jesus doesn't tell James and John how service leadership works. He leads by serving alongside them. Jesus doesn't call James and John to a life of humility. He models it for them. Jesus embodies shared power, true power, for James and John, and he does the same thing for us. I've had the privilege of visiting a few mission fields and reading some of the histories that went on as missionaries went to other cultures. Some went, and we're sad to say, they went to say, we will tell you what to do, what to believe, and how to live, as they met with this other culture. And some of the stories are not very pretty of what missions did that way. But many more went with a servant heart, went to serve the people, to love them and care for them, and made a huge difference with the hospitals, the schools, the churches, and everything that they built where they walked alongside that culture and listened and heard, and they worked together. That's what we want to see happen for us with our neighbors, that we walk with them, that we learn and listen to them, and hopefully we show them through servant hearts. I work with an organization called Christian Service Ventures. It's been a fun one. We were working at a camp in China, and uh, they also did some other things through the hospitals. And as you know, in China, we couldn't openly preach the gospel. And so their theme was not to be served, but to serve. And that's exactly what China's service venture was about. At the camp we ran, we did a lot of things about talking about Christian principles without necessarily talking about what faith was about. Now, we could meet in our groups, and we did. Our, our counselors met and had their Bible studies and prayers. Some people wanted to come to the camps to see what was going on. Sometimes they were government people wanting to see if we were agreeing. But one of the first camps we had, a teacher came. And he was taken by how the counselors and the kids related. He saw the serving heart of the counselors and what it was doing with the kid. And he said, there's something different here than what I see at my school and what I do. So he went back and tried to become a different kind of teacher, but he came back to camp the next year, and he was all smiles as he went through the week of camp. And at the end of the camp, as they were closing down things and washing floors and moving tables around and stuff, he pitched right in, which is something a teacher in China probably wouldn't do normally. Some of the kids looked at him and said, what are you doing? You shouldn't be washing floors. And he just smiled and said, I have become a Christian, so now I serve. He understood that role, and he wanted to make it key to his teaching and to his life. What a difference it makes. Serving is about listening, responding, and watching, and witness. Jesus tells the disciples, I call you not as servants, but as friends. Why would he say that? He didn't wipe away the servant aspect, 
But he said, you have listened, you have heard what I do, you have seen what I do, you know who I am, you know who the Father is. So now you can be my friend as you serve. We have a lot of work to do to keep moving in that direction of service. But I hope it's out of understanding that we're friends with God, friends with Jesus. I'm not saying that we just slap God on the back and say, how are you doing, buddy? But it's that sense that God is for us, and it becomes something that we see his handiwork in all that he does around us, that we can celebrate life. This fall has been just amazing with October being as warm as it has. I can't remember many years that the colors are still up at the end of October. The warmth that has been there, the beauty that's been all around us and still is. There's a story from Live Today that is the kind of thing that I hope comes to us. One day a little boy asked his father if anyone could see God. No, said the father, we can't see God. The boy was disappointed and puzzled. He walked out under the trees and watched the birds build their nests. He looked up into the heavens longing to see God. One day the minister came to dinner and the little boy put his question to the pastor. Can anyone see God? Again, the answer was no. And again, the boy was terribly disappointed. Summer came, and the lad and an old fisherman became close friends. One night they were drifting down the river. A glorious sunset splashed the western sky with color. Tears came to the old fisherman's eyes. The boy reached over timidly, touched the man's arm, and said, I was never going to ask anyone this question again. But I'm going to ask you, can you see God? Finally, the man turned to the boy and said with a radiant face, Son, every day it gets more and more so that I don't see anything else. The longer the Christian lives, the more he is able to see God in the happenings of every day, through people, through his creation. He senses his presence as he awakens in the morning, he feels his protecting care throughout the course of the day. They know that the guardian angel surrounds and protects them at night. There is a friend who is by his side each moment of our lives to guide us in the way we should go. We see the work of his hands in all that is about him. The heavens declare his glory. The firmament shows his handiwork. He sees God's creative genius at work at the trees becoming cloaked in their green finery. The flowers whisper the message of miracles that daily unfold before our eyes. The longer the Christian lives, the more they see God all about them. I had to smile when my wife came home from visiting my son who we just have a new grandchild haven't had much of a chance to see him, but she was so happy. She said, I put him on my shoulder and he went to sleep in my arms. It was such a good, good feeling. 
That's what we need, is more people with eyes that see the good that happens when people love each other. When we wrap our arms around them to serve them, to care for them, to love them, to give them grace and mercy so that they can rest in God's arms. Reformation. Seems like that was one where there was struggle that went on and obviously division. But it also was a time of learning how to serve God, not because of law or because we earned something, but because of God's grace and mercy and love. That's where we learn forgiveness. That's where we learn humility. That's where we learn how to walk as servants and to use power for the good of all. May this week be a week of you walking with God, seeing God all around you, loving God, and serving others because it's just such a good thing to do. Blessings as you go. Amen. Love divine, a love excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, peer unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Breathe, oh breathe thy loving spirit into every troubled breast. Let us all in thee inherit. Let us find thy promise rest. Take away the
let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll now continue with the prayers of the church. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us With confidence that God's justice is sure, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Holy God, save us from infighting and division. Free us from our selfish need to be right or have control. And lead us into greater peace and unity with one another and all the communities of which we are a part. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the work of all mediators and anyone who works to negotiate peace between parties in conflict. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. Send your healing grace upon all who experience strife, trauma, addiction, illness, or loss, and especially those in our hearts. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. Stir up in us the memory of those saints who persisted through divisions and strife in the church for the sake of the gospel. God of justice, in mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we turn all these things over to your tender care, trusting that you hear and answer all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and to serve our neighbors. 
Holy God, there is nothing on earth that does not belong to you, except our gifts return to you in gratitude and joy for the sake of your world. Amen. Continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk together as a body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him I would fall. When I am sad to him I go, no other listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Jesus is all